There is a very famous and very old Irish joke about a man asked for directions by a tourist and responding, well, if I was you, I wouldn't start from here. While the joke may not have people rolling in the aisles, it is a piffier way of expressing what Mark said. Both are making the same point. People do not get to choose where they begin, and that insight, while simple, is all too often forgotten when discussing the economy and politics. This is an audiobook about how the British economy got to where it is today. The economy on the eve of the COVID-19 recession was strangely paradoxical. At the same time, both one of the world's most successful and one of Europe's laggards. In terms of GDP per head, Britain is a world leader, but productivity levels, even before the last decade, are abysmally low compared to its advanced economy peers. The country contains some of the EU's richest areas, but also some which are more akin to southern Europe than to Germany or France. It is really not too much of an exaggeration to describe the UK in economic terms as Portugal, but with Singapore in the bottom corner. Economic history helps to explain how that happened. If this audiobook has one theme, it is that path dependency matters. Path dependency is perhaps best thought of as the idea that the route one took to arrive somewhere is just as important as the destination. In the social sciences, and especially in economic history, this notion can be crucial. Or, to put it another way, the past and history matter, and sometimes in ways which, like the man advising the tourist, are not especially helpful in the present. The idea has been widely applied in technological history, and perhaps the most famous example that many economists instinctively reach for is the design of the standard QWERTY keyboard. As traditionally told, the story runs something like this. When the typewriter was first invented in the 1860s by Milwaukee-based printer and newspaper man Christopher Latham Scholes, he naturally laid out the keys in alphabetical order. And while that may look odd to modernise, it intuitively makes a lot more sense than starting with the Q and then moving to the W, the E and the R. But his early models suffered from mechanical problems and a tendency to jam if keys that lay next to each other were hit in rapid succession. So by the time he filed his patent in 1878, Scholes had rearranged the layout to get around this problem. Keys likely to be hit one after the other regularly were placed at opposite ends of the keyboard. And while this slowed down typing speed, this was a feature, not a bug of the design. The whole point was to slow the process and prevent the expensive machines from constantly jamming. Scholes went into business with the gun manufacturer Remington, which given the end of the US Civil War in 1865, was presumably looking for new lines of business. By 1893, the five largest typewriter makers had all adopted the QWERTY standard, and history was set in place. Of course, a modern computer does not suffer from the same mechanical faults as a 19th century typewriter. Indeed, the argument goes, those mechanical faults had actually been eliminated on typewriters by the 1920s. In 1936, August Dovorak patents an alternative layout, which in tests by the US Navy in 1944, at a time when the ability to produce reports rapidly really mattered, apparently led to quicker typing. But despite a better design being available, and despite the original rationale for the adoption of QWERTY no longer holding, 
it is still the industry benchmark. By coming to market first, the QWERTY board established a standard. Individual typists who had trained on a QWERTY were reluctant to switch to a new layout, and manufacturers, seeing no demand for alternatives, were happy to keep putting them out. The less efficient technology became baked in. Well, that is how the traditional story goes anyway. And it serves very well to demonstrate a practical application of the idea of path dependency. Sadly, like many good stories, it may not be entirely true. The Doverex system has its sceptics. But whatever the actual truth of most economists' favourite example of the phenomenon, it remains very useful. And path dependency can be applied far more widely than in just technological history. It certainly appears in what might be termed economic geography. Ever since Adam Smith, economists have long noted the tendency for businesses to cluster. 